How many times as Christians have we been encouraged to give and to give generously? But did you know giving can actually be dangerous for your spiritual health? Jesus says it can when you give a certain kind of way. And in this episode of The Bible in Life, we're going to look at that topic. Well, hey, friends, thanks for joining me on this episode of The Bible in Life. I hope everything is well with you and uh, life is good. I've been feeling a little worn out myself, and so I actually hopped in the car today and grabbed my fishing pole, drove up into the hills, and just spent a few hours up on the river just enjoying some peace and quiet. The fishing wasn't so good, but the scenery was great and the quiet was wonderful. And Sometimes, you know, it's just really good to get away like that and just uh, quiet down our mind, quiet down our heart and soul, spend a little time just reflecting. And so it was great just to spend uh, the morning up in the, the hills today on the river. And so I hope things are well with you. And uh, let's jump right in. We've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount, and we are at Matthew chapter 6. And we said that when Jesus begins this uh, section here in Matthew chapter 6. He's really transitioned to the second major part of the Sermon on the Mount. The first major part of the body of the Sermon in Matthew chapter 5 is where he gives examples of surpassing righteousness. Beginning here in Matthew chapter 6 verse 1, he begins the second major part where he starts talking about barriers to surpassing righteousness. And the first barrier that he really focuses on is the barrier of keeping up religious appearances, of doing things to look good, that all of our religious communities really have maybe certain expectations, certain standards, certain things they they kind of reinforce as, um, here's what a good Christian will do. If you're really spiritual, if you really love Jesus, here's what you will do. And, and sometimes when we do those things, um, we can do those just to look good, to be in good standing with the community. And at that point, it really becomes a barrier to surpassing righteousness because what happens is our righteousness really is just on the surface to appear good, uh, to make sure people think we're good. And, and when that's the case, we won't be transformed deeply within the heart. And so that's Jesus' concern in this section. And that's what we really began to look at uh, in our last episode where we uh, we really looked at verse 1 of chapter 6 where Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before people to be noticed by them, to keep up religious appearances, to to look good, to, to have the affirmation of people or to have the applause of people. Uh, beware of practicing your righteousness, doing those righteous deeds uh, to be noticed by people. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. And so, in this first barrier, that's Jesus' concern, that we we actually practice our righteousness to, to be noticed by people. And, and then what Jesus does is he gives three examples of that kind of uh, practice, that kind of righteous deed that was really community-affirmed, community-reinforced that someone might do just to look good. He gives three examples. The first example is giving alms, second example is prayer, and the third example is fasting. And so over the next couple uh, of episodes, what I want to do is I just want to look at each of those in turn and really begin to wrestle with, okay, what do each of those mean and how do they apply to us and how can we wrestle with them? And, And then help us recall that really we're talking about this big principle that goes even beyond just these examples, all right? And so the first example Jesus gives is giving of alms. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. He says, when therefore you give alms, what's giving 
alms. That's kind of a, a weird phrase. We don't normally say that. And really all it refers to is giving particularly to the needy or giving to the temple, giving for religious purposes in Jesus' context and his culture to give alms was either to give to somebody who was needy or even perhaps give to the temple. You give to somebody. Uh, you give to help somebody who has a need. Um, so when therefore you give alms, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. In Jesus's culture and his context, actually to give to the needy was one of the uh, highest marks of righteousness and spirituality a person can do. It was just upheld as really, man, if you if you give to take care of people, you're really spiritual, you're really righteous. And as a result of that, it, it becomes very easy to do that to keep up religious appearances, to look good. Um, if you're reading, say, through the book of Acts, you, you might be familiar with the story of the uh, beggar in Acts chapters 3 and 4, who the apostles bump into. And this guy had really a good gig. He, uh, it says, used to be sat down every day in front of the temple in order to beg alms. Well, people are going into worship. You've got all these worshipers, you've got God's people around you, and people are going into worship, and obviously, therefore, giving alms is like, man, there's a lot of community pressure to do that. It's a spiritual thing to do. So this guy's really put himself in a good position in order to beg alms, um, because it was such a important part of Jewish righteousness and Jewish spirituality. And so Jesus says in his culture and to us, when you give alms, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. Now, I don't know whether they literally sounded a trumpet or if Jesus is using hyperbole. It doesn't really matter whether it's literal or not. His point is very clear. Don't draw attention to yourself. Don't let everyone know that, look at me. Don't throw the money in loudly so the change clangs and everyone turns and looks and sees how much you gave, right? The point is don't draw attention to yourself when you give alms. And he says, don't do that as the hypocrites do. That word hypocrite originally derived from the world of theater uh, in the the theaters and the the acting guild of Jesus' day where where literally they would hold a mask over their face as part of the play. And so the idea of a hypocrite is you pretend to be something you're not. You're wearing a mask. And in this case, you're wearing the mask that says, look at me, I'm generous, I'm I'm a giver, I'm a righteous person who has a generous heart, but in reality, you don't. You don't have a generous heart. What you care about is what people think of you. And so he says, don't draw attention to yourself like the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they might be honored by people. That's really their goal. That's really what they're after. They're not really generous of spirit. They don't have a generous heart. They want to be honored by people. They want people to applaud and say, look at them, look at me. Oh, look, man, he must really be righteous. Look how much he gave. Oh, did you see that? And that's what they really want. And so Jesus says, truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. They got what they wanted. They wanted to be noticed by people. They wanted people to think well of them. They wanted to appear to be generous. And guess what? 
That's the only reward they're going to get. They're not going to get the reward of really having a generous heart or having their character formed towards generosity. They're not going to get a reward of being noticed by God. The only reward they'll get is the applause of people. Then Jesus says this in verse 3. He turns and says, Now when you give, when you give alms, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, don't draw attention to yourself. Don't make everyone uh, see you. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Um, That your almsgiving may be in secret. That it may be hidden. That it may just be a a really thing between you and God and your Father who sees in secret will, will repay you. And that's Jesus' real concern. That our almsgiving really is for the audience of God. That it's done in secret so we don't draw attention to ourselves. We don't draw attention to the people around us. We don't even let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. Um, that your almsgiving may be in secret. The reality is is that money creates all sorts of weird temptations for us. Um, and you can see that, for example, in a case in the book of Acts, in the case of Ananias and Sapphira, Acts chapter 5. Um, here, the setup for that is this. At the end of chapter 4, um, what's been going on is the, the, the Spirit has been poured out, and as the Spirit is poured out, it's really moving people to be very generous, and, and, and some of the more well-to-do people in the church are actually selling property and possessions, and they're, they're taking their property and possessions and selling them, and then bringing the money and giving them to the apostles, so that the apostles then could take that money and take care of the needy people in the church. Um, well, this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, sees this, and they see the affection and the appreciation um, that that really people are receiving for their generosity and for this work of the Spirit amongst them. And Ananias and Sapphira concoct a plan. They come with their own plan because they're well off and they've got some property, apparently very, uh, very nice property. They can make a killing off of selling it. And so they decide to sell the property, give part of the money to the apostles, keep the rest for themselves, but tell the apostles they gave 100%. And so, so now they are, they execute their plan, they sell the property, and then they, uh, Ananias actually comes and brings the money to the apostles, and he says, we sold some property, here's all the money for, for the property that we got. Well, uh, the apostle Peter actually knows what's going on, and he calls Ananias out, and God punished Ananias severely for what he has done, that he's mocking the work of God's Spirit and the generosity that God's Spirit is creating. And and then a few hours later, Sapphira comes in, and just to see if she's in on this, they ask her, is this, is this the price you got for the property? And she says, oh yeah, that's the price. And so then God punishes her as well. And, and what you need to hear is that the problem isn't that they didn't give 100%. The problem is that they lied about how much they gave. They gave, say, maybe 50% or 60% and kept 40 or 50% for themselves, but they said they gave 100%, and in that sense, they were mocking the work of God's Spirit, creating this wave of generosity among His people. And that's what happens oftentimes with money. It creates all sorts of weird temptations within us. And so here's Ananias and Sapphira. They really want to look good. They want the affirmation of the people. They want the affection of the people, but they also want the benefit of having some extra money for themselves. And so 
they lie and they deceive and they mock the work of God's Spirit, and God holds them accountable for that. And the reality is, when we give to be noticed by people, when we give to be honored by men, it twists our soul. And the reason for that is this. God's a giver, and we're made in God's image, which means we're made to be givers. We're made to be generous like he is generous. And when we give to be noticed by people, all of a sudden it's no longer about being generous. It's no longer about helping the needy person who's in front of us. All of a sudden now it's, it's about looking good. It's about getting a benefit for ourselves. And that, that really twists our soul up in knots. And it, it really sucks the spiritual power out of giving and generosity. When we actually give just for the sake of God, give in secret, as Jesus says, we give to care for the needy person, we give to honor God rather than to get anything for ourselves. When we do that, there's a a power to giving that is very, very important. The fact is, and we'll actually see this here in a little bit in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus in just a few short paragraphs is going to have a lot to say about money, but the fact is, is money and possessions and wealth is not neutral. It's actually a power, and it has power. It has power that needs to be put in its proper place. And when, when we when we open our hands and we give generously, what what happens is we put money and wealth in its proper place. Instead of consuming us or controlling us or being overly important to us, um, money and wealth then can be put back in its place as something that we use for good purposes and for God-honoring purposes and to care for people rather than something we, we possess and we pursue for our own sake. And that's part of the spiritual power of giving and being generous. Uh, when we give generously and we give to care for the needy and we give to honor God as Jesus teaches here, uh, another thing it does is it trains us to be like Jesus. Right, That Jesus is generous. Jesus is a giver. And when we open our hands and give, we become more like Jesus. And we begin to acquire that heart of his, that surpassing righteousness that was like him on the inside. Well, it becomes, we become like that on the inside. And when we give generously and we give with an open hand, it, it makes it more about uh, generosity and love and the care of the other person rather than about ourselves. Um, but when we when we give to be noticed, it really becomes very self-serving and self-seeking. And therefore, when we give alms to be noticed by people, it becomes a barrier to surpassing righteousness. And so Jesus' appeal to us in this section of the Sermon on the Mount is to be the kind of people who who stand on guard against giving in self-serving, self-seeking ways. We don't want to give to be noticed by people. We don't want to to give for uh, some self-serving benefit. We don't let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. We just give generously because we actually care for the needs of people and because we really want to honor God in that. And when we give that way, then giving has the power to really free us from the control of wealth, the control of money, the control of uh, possessions and all of that. And so we should open our hands and give generously. And as we do so, our heart becomes formed more like Jesus's and we become more of a generous giver as well as a more genuine giver also. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bible in Life. You know, if you're finding this 
a Bible teaching ministry that I'm working on to be helpful to you, I would encourage you to go on to my website and subscribe to my website for updates and things of that sort. You can uh, check out uh, what's there down at the bottom of that homepage. There's a place where you can just sign up to stay in the loop, or there's a free Bible reading plan. There's even a free little mini course on how to read your Bible and pray consistently. And uh, you can sign up for any one of those. It'll put you on my mailing list. And, and that way you'll get regular updates from me as far as uh, what I'm up to, or offers, or when courses are completed, or other sorts of Bible teaching uh, resources that, that might be helpful to you. So, uh, head on over to my website and subscribe right there to my website. And in addition to that, it would be awesome if you would share um, this podcast and some of the resources I'm creating with your friends. So if you're finding it of great value, just pass it along to your friends and share it with them uh, so that more and more of us together can continue to learn from Jesus and figure out what it means to really be his disciple and follow him. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. And I will uh, talk to you next time on The Bible in Life.